Today we celebrate the Feast of St. Mark, and I thought the theme for our retreat could be this precise man who gives us a lot, a lot of themes for our own lives to think about. It is tradition that the upper room where the Last Supper took place belonged to the family of St. Mark. We read in the Gospel that Jesus said, Say to the owner, the teacher says, the teacher asks, Where is my guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? And he will show you a great upper room furnished and ready. Make preparations for us there. I don't know if you've been to the Holy Land. I have not been myself, but from what I understand, this very upper room is very a very important site for the church. Practically, the church was born there. We have the Last Supper that took place there. We have, and during the Last Supper, we have the washing of the feet, a great example of our Lord serving we have the institution of the Holy Eucharist. We have the institution of the priesthood with the words, do this in memory of me. He gave the apostles the power to represent the sacrifice of Calvary on the altar whenever they would actually do that, do those actions, those gestures in memory of him so that not, it's not just a memory, a fleeting memory, but actually making the sacrifice that he would make the following day on Calvary present everywhere, at every Mass. We have the resurrection scenes where our Lord walks through closed doors. We have Pentecost, the Holy Spirit, and actually we could say that at the time of the resurrection, our Lord instituted the sacrament of penance by giving the apostles the power to forgive sins, the sins <clears throat> that they, whatever is retained shall be retained in heaven, whatever is forgiven shall be forgiven. It really, the upper room was a meeting place for the church. And our Lord had told us already, where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there in their midst. Now, the upper room is not a synagogue, and it is not a church. It is really, well, we could say, a domestic church. It is the home of Mark, of Mark's family. And we can only imagine that, you know, the, the, the generosity that belonged to this family is, is of paramount importance for them because as a result of their availability and generosity, the entire church was born, and, and, and Jesus and the Holy Spirit made use of this space to actually launch the greatest, you know, operation in the history of mankind called the redemption, the salvation of mankind, the restoration of the original plan of God. That is extraordinary. That is extraordinary. This upper room provides really... A, well, it is the first church in quarantine. We could see that, that on Holy Saturday, the church hides there because there is, there is nowhere to go. They're scared for their own lives. 
And they're there with Mary. It's a very Marian place as well. And right now that we're in quarantine all ourselves, we could, we, and we don't have the Blessed Sacrament, or at least you don't have the Blessed Sacrament. I have the privilege of having our Lord here, of living with our Lord under the same roof. But 99% of the church does not have that privilege. Right now when we don't have the Blessed Sacrament, we, we can know that we're, we can do what the church did when, when Jesus was not there, gather in the upper room, actually. When Jesus left them, when he died, and when he also left them after the ascension, when he went and he was taken over by a cloud, and we could say that Jesus in these days has been taken over by the cloud, because now Jesus is in the cloud. We can only access him or see him through the cloud, through the internet, that we can gather in our family room, in our upper room, where the original church was gathered. Those 10 days after the ascension, that is where, that is where their desires to receive the Holy Spirit grew. And that's where also Matthias actually heard his call, his vocation, to be an apostle. And perhaps after today, after this day of intense prayer, we too, you too, can hear your vocation or something that our Lord wants you to do as an apostle, the election. And as we know from St. Paul, he has chosen us from before the foundation of the world. So more than receiving something that that is, you know, kind of a retrofit for our lives. Well, I've done my life. I've had my career. I've done everything, you know, and now, you know, if God wants me to do something for him, well, I'm available, you know, kind of thing. It's kind of like, see what you can do with me. <laughs> this is my, my last uh, chance here to do something useful for God. No, actually, no, it doesn't work that way. A vocation that when we receive a call from God, we know that it is always and has always been part of his plan. And Lord, you know everything. You know the future. You know our future. You know our past. You know ourselves. You know who we are, ultimately, and why we were created. And everything that has happened in our lives, for good or for bad, and as we will see, Mark is an example. He's no example of holiness from the very first moment. He's, uh, he had to work at it. He had to work at it. And, you know, whatever this election is, this vocation that we receive, is something that comes from before the foundation of the world. It's always the plan of God. And it, it happens in the upper room. The transformation from being afraid to being an apostle, a daring, courageous apostle, happens in the upper room. The Council of Jerusalem even later on also. Basically, this is an extraordinary location. And it all started with the generosity of this family, of Mark's family. You know, in Hebrew they say, uh, Scott Hahn points out that there is no word for family in Hebrew, actually. And he says, well, it's kind of not true. The, the word that is used for family is actually the word for covenant. The word for covenant. To covenant means to engender the family, 
to engender the family. And the new covenant takes place here in the upper room. We have so many sacramental graces. It's, it's these four sacraments that have been instituted here. We have an example of service, of prayer, of an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, of Mary's presence, of apostolic zeal. Ultimately, this is the family of the church. And your family and mine, these days, can become a domestic church where the same story of salvation, the same history of salvation, is replicated in our own lives. In fact, the Passover was not celebrated at the temple. The Passover, where our Lord celebrated the Last Supper, was celebrated in the family. And if you didn't have anybody to celebrate with, you, you actually had to join somebody else, somebody else's family. And the youngest would ask the oldest, why are we doing these things? And then the oldest member of the family would actually recite the history of, the, of salvation, of how, how our Lord God took us out of Egypt, out of slavery, and crossed the Red Sea and led us with, with great power with a cloud and with a pillar of fire and later gave us water and gave us manna and all the adventures that the people of God had as a family, as the family of God, are recounted in the Passover meal. It is a family moment. As St. Maria used to say, it is really the history of salvation and the history of our own lives is the history of the mercies of God. Because ultimately, our lives can be summed up as precisely that, as we probably messing up and God having mercy on us. We messing up and learning and coming back to God. It's a, it's a going and coming back. It's a going and coming back, a going and coming back. And that's why St. Maria used to say that he used to love to play the role of the prodigal son every single time, every single time. And St. Therese of Lisieux used to say, you know, I wish I could come back every single day as the worst of sinners in the world, but without sinning. I, but I want to have that joy of coming back to God. I want to have that joy of coming back to God every single day. Lord, we, we want to use this time to pray and to examine ourselves. We have the examination of conscience later on, but the whole day should be a kind of examination, a kind of, of looking to see where we have gone astray and left God, where we can, you know, come back to God with an act of contrition, where we could say, I'm sorry. Lord, we, we want to say, I'm sorry. We will see that St. Mark fled several times actually, a couple of times, from what he should have not fled. You know, um, he actually deserted St. Paul in his first missionary journey and St. Paul wouldn't have him back. But at the end of his life, we will see throughout the meditations, the runaway becomes an evangelist. The runaway comes back to God and then proclaims the mercies of the Lord through the gospel that he ended up writing, which is really the gospel of Peter, because he joined Peter later on. And Peter took him, took him in, took him under his wing. And really we have St. Mark's gospel is the gospel of Peter. What can we do today 
today <clears throat> we can look besides well besides looking at our souls and examining them to see how we can come back with an act of contrition and you know i, w- I would like to remind you here today of of what it is to make an act of contrition when you can't go to confession when when you make an act of contrition that is perfect you get into the state of grace the church teaches that you receive the same grace as if you had gone to confession of course assuming the impossibility of going to confession and and what are the conditions for that well one you have to be sorry for all your sins obviously all, all your moral sins and number and kind as usual as when we go to confession but also um, an added an added desire that we have to have is the desire to actually go to confession as soon as possible so if we make that resolution to go to confession as soon as we can then we could be sure that our lord has forgiven us and that this retreat today will become part of the history of the mercies of god in our own soul also when we make our act of contrition in order for the contrition to be perfect we have to do it for a supernatural motive a supernatural motive that is positive like the love of god not just fear of hell or 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 some other natural motive you know because we see the consequence of our sins and we say yeah that was a stupid thing you know now i don't know i'm in jail now or something you know i should have not done that well that's a natural consequence of certain sins and obviously we don't want that but um, you know, and, and jail can help us, or hunger can help us, like the prodigal son to come back. But the idea is that when we say, no, Lord, I am sorry for having offended you because of who you are, then we can be sure that our Lord forgives us, assuming we have this definite desire to come back to confession as soon as we can. Well, that's number one. Number two, in the family, in our family, we can actually, today, we can recover our identity as Christians. The family is where we recover our identity or where we actually acquire our identity, where we know who we are. You know, we are born into a family. And it is our parents, our brothers and sisters, the interaction, the dialogue that we have with them that actually slowly reveals who we are to ourselves. You know? And that's why in the family, we have a sense of belonging because we know who we are. We belong to a family. And today, you know, our Lord somehow with this COVID-19 um, crisis, Maybe what he has done, he says, look, I want, I want you to actually put things straight again. And I'm going to give you some time to actually think about things. It's kind of like we're on retreat for these months, I guess. A long retreat where we actually can go back to what is important to our Lord, which is our family. The family, because that's where the church began. It's the, the, the domestic church. It's Adam and Eve were created as a family, and that the plan of God was for the church and grace to actually be transmitted through the family. Through the family. Of course, they messed up, but and then plan B came in. And plan B is also the redemption, is 
a family, the holy family. Jesus came in to the world as a as a child, as a you know part of a family. And and you you might say, well, he didn't make use of Saint Joseph because he didn't have a human father. He just needed a woman to give birth to him because the seed was from the Holy Spirit. We could say, but he still wanted to have a human father. He wanted to have an adoptive father. Why? Because he wanted to have a whole family where he belonged with the tradition of Israel that he had prepared for a long time for this for this incarnation, for him, for his entrance into the world. And where we can also be incorporated. St. Jose Maria talked about the, the holy family as being the trinity on earth because the original family is the holy trinity from which all family and fatherhood bear has its name as saint paul says talks about fatherhood but fatherhood engenders the family so today in the second place we can thank god for our family and know that when we are with our family we actually know who we are and the family should include god where two or three are gathered in my name i am there in the midst somehow jesus is here in our midst with all of us, in spite of the fact that we have these difficulties of getting together. He is in our midst, wherever that is, and especially in the family. Another thing that we have to realize is the family provides protection. Why is the family there? Well, because we are utterly dependent. We are dependent, rational animals, as McIntyre would say, and sometimes even irrational animals, and sometimes just simply animals. But anyway, always dependent. And so we need, we actually need a community. We need a community to survive. And because not all of us have the same talents. Each one of us has a different talent. And, you know, when, and, and yes, there, yeah, actually there are some people that have more talents than others. And, you know, um, it's kind of interesting. I, I was watching the um, Michael Jordan Last Dance, the documentary that has come out recently. They moved it up because of of the coronavirus but you could tell wow this this guy is uh, is extraordinary i mean he's got all the talent he's got the whole package and yet he doesn't have the whole package he doesn't have the whole package it's always you know it's always the team it's always the team and he owes a lot to his parents to his team members to scotty pippen to so many people that have that have actually made him or allowed him to develop even further. You know? So I know right now people say that the family in this coronavirus crisis will become a place of violence. And that's true. That may be true for a lot of people. And we have to pray for them so that that not be the case. But hopefully when we put our Lord in the middle, when we put Our Lady in the middle, when we put St. Joseph there in the middle, the Holy Family, and the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit as well, obviously, that we our families will become a womb in which the person is developed, born and developed. And, and I would say the development and flourishment of the person as a person, as a child of God, where the person is respected. And I know we could be tired of our family right now. And we can only imagine how the upper room was a place of finger pointing, especially on Holy Saturday when everybody was in 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 chaotic uh, in a chaotic spin because of the crucifixion that came so suddenly, you know, upon them, and that's something that that is well, you know, 
yes, we can have moments of tension, but when when we look, especially at Our Lady, you know, we have to turn to Our Lady. In these days, we actually find a serene face, a calm demeanor, someone who has faith, someone who knows that this death, this ignominious death that our Lord went through, is not the last stance, is not the last, does not have the last word. And therefore, our families have to become a place not only of protection and security, where we help each other, where we complement each other, even the neediest people, they give us an opportunity to serve. And so it is good to take care of those who are not as talented or virtuous because they give us an opportunity to actually grow in patience. You know. But this, our family becomes a place, a locus, where we can train in virtue, where we can train in civility, where we can actually train to then go out to the whole world. This is a, a place of catechesis. You know, there's a passage in the book of Amos that is, that is kind of um, striking to me because it says that there's going to be a crisis at some point, I don't know when that is, where the word of God will not be able to be found. Where the word of God is not to be found and people will look for the word of God but they will not be able to find it and right now I know a lot of people and, and all of us are suffering because we cannot have the churches open we cannot have um, the sacraments we cannot have confession when we want to and you know it's kind of everybody's kind of tense but you know what we still have the word of God actually those times that Amos talks about have not come true yet and they're not you know, and we have something that, that that we should be thankful for, actually. We need to be thankful for the word of God that we have, and we have it especially in the family, which is a unique opportunity for us. Just like St. Mark had it in the family. We can only imagine St. Mark's family being a family around the word of God. Maybe they even had uh, some kind of, you know, scroll there that, 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 you know, it was kind of in a holy place, in a dedicated place. Well, we can have our Bible in our dedicated, you know, room or our dedicated um, table or chair, where we can pray with the family and read the history of the mercies of God, which will become our own. That's why Saint Jose Maria, at the beginning of every retreat that he preached, he would always say, "Try to get into the gospel as one more character in the scene, so that you can relive it, and not only relive it, but actually, you know." write your own biography so that the gospel is our biography but more than a biography it's our autobiography because it's been written for us only in 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 the general broad strokes we have to specify it and we have to incarnate it here and now in a unique way that is irrepeatable and only really we can actually live it live the word of god incarnate the word of god the way we are going to incarnate it that's why our lord gives us so many graces today. Well, we have just gone through all these events that happen in the church in the upper room. And we have gone over what it means to be a family, a place of identity, a place of belonging, a place of protection, a place 
where we are trained in virtue, where we grow in civility and responsibility and ownership for our own actions so that we can love one another and serve one another. Well, the question is, can my family today, today, actually, in these moments, of, in these free moments that I have, and maybe, you know, I cannot dedicate the whole day to silence because my kids are all over me, but can those moments actually be moments where I find our Lord, where two or three are gathered in my name? I am there in their midst. May my home today become a meeting place for the church, a gathering place for the apostles, a place where I can hear my call or re-hear my call, a call that I have heard but maybe I have kind of forgotten about. Well, let us um, end with this passage, knowing that um, our Lord will never outdo us or sorry, we will never outdo our Lord in generosity. He will always outdo us in generosity. So that if we put our upper room, our family, at the service of God and our entire lives at the service of God, that he will repay a hundredfold. That's great business right now when we're all worried about the markets. Everybody says, well, I just lost 30% of everything I had. Okay. But look at this. This is the greatest business deal, actually, that we can enter into. Jesus said, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for my sake or for the gospel will fail to receive a hundredfold in the present age with persecutions, we know, and to receive eternal life in the age to come. This is what our Lord promises, and St. Mark adds this, yes, with persecutions. He, he promises us a great business deal. So look at his family. They put their upper room at the service of God and look at what our Lord did with their upper room. He founded the church. What will our Lord do with our upper room, whatever that is, that we give him today? And he will make it grow and, and, and give us the hundredfold, not for ourselves, but for the church, for, the, for humanity. Well, let us turn to Our Lady and we ask her to help us be generous at the service of God, turning our families into the family of God. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations which you have communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help to put them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.